With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to another edition of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am Terry Lambert, joined as always by Evan Winter. Uh, Evan, that was quite a game that we just oh my God. witnessed. Uh, Tennessee pulls one out of their hat and uh, uh, figures out a way to, to win on the road at Ole Miss. Grant Williams hits a uh, kind of a game winner, uh, hit it with four seconds left. Um, Admiral Schofield drew the charge at the other end. Man, uh, what's your first thoughts coming away from this one? My God, I need to get my blood pressure checked. Um, <laughs> dude, I mean, I, I mean, we were talking about it right before we came on. You know, I was legitimately upset at the end of this game. Now, don't get me wrong. I was legitimately upset at the end of LSU, but for different reasons. You know, LS, I mean, Ole Miss is good. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, but Ole, Ole Miss, or sorry, LSU is way better. I mean, athletically, um, I don't know about coach. I mean, they're probably both coached similar, similarly. Um, but, you know, in despite how the LSU game ended, it didn't stay. It, it this one was going to sting a lot more, just because it'd be the first time the Vols lost back to back games all season long. You know, it was to like I said, an inferior opponent, and just how they played the game. Um, they controlled the game at some points. You know, went on a fourteen to zero run to start the second half, but allowed uh, Ole Miss to come back. There were just a lot of really, really frustrating moments in this game, but uh, they somehow came away with the win, and now I can relax for the rest of the night. Yeah, that halftime halftime speech by Rick Barnes, um, clearly something went right there. Right. Uh, they came out of the break. You know, they they ended uh, – well, they started – going back to the start of the game, they, they started so great defensively, forcing turnovers, yep. uh, a lot yep. of pressure, playing great man-to-man. And then they just fell off a cliff in the, in the middle of that, that first half, um, really ramped it back up to start the second half, came out Lamonte Turner. Man, that was so good to see, just him yes. knocking down a couple mid-range uh, shots and then knocking down that three, immediately reestablishing uh, Tennessee's lead there. Uh, I thought the response there was huge. But once again, Tennessee kind of fell off that cliff again. They, they forgot how to defend, allowed penetration. You know, when you allow that, that penetration to the paint, you just open everything up for the opponent. And Ole Miss was just kicking it out, draining threes. You know, that's nothing new. Uh, when it comes to Tennessee, but uh, they found a way at the end, riding Grant Williams down the stretch. You know, Jordan Bowden hit a key uh, a jump shot to, to bring him back within one. I love that good. shot selection. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, that's a that's a big story in itself because uh, just before Bowden had, had taken a three, it rimmed out. He couldn't get anything to fall. Uh, he only had two points on the night. That was his, Those were his third and fourth points of the night. Uh, so, so I thought seeing him and Turner kind of start to get going again, you know, we didn't see big numbers from, from Bowden tonight, but big numbers from Turner with, with 17 points, seeing those two show flashes, uh, that's a positive sign for Tennessee. 
Yeah, and going back to those lulls you're talking about where they, you know, fall off a cliff and all that stuff, I mean, they had the four turnovers in the span of three and a half minutes in the first half. You know, four out of five possessions were resulted in turnovers, and that allowed Ole Miss to just either get back in the game or build a lead, and you can't do that. Good teams – or sorry, we know Tennessee is a good team, but championship teams do not do that, especially this late in the season, especially – in a must-win game. I mean, this was a must-win game from the standpoint of if Tennessee wants to repeat as regular champions or regular season champions in the SEC, then they were going to fall a game behind to Kentucky and LSU and with the possibility of falling behind two games to Kentucky after Saturday. So, you know, going through those stretches like that, that, that shouldn't be happening. And, I, and, you know, like we were talking about, don't know if it's, you know, well, obviously it's some guard, something to do with the guard play. Um, Kyle Alexander is a big, a big deal, but they've got to get that stuff figured out. they they got to stop sleepwalking through certain moments of the game. Yeah, and, and you know, we were ready to kind of go full sky is falling mode on, on this yep. team if they drop this game because you, you've seen now three or four games in a row, uh, you've seen a lack of defense. It just seems like Tennessee lets everyone in the paint, every guard, in the paint, Lamonte Turner is really struggling on the defensive end. Um, according to Rick Barnes, that that's affecting everything. But in addition to that, the shots just aren't dropping. You know, you saw no. Bone go 0 for 2 from 3. Turner was only 1 for 4. Uh, Bowden ended up 0 for 4 on the night. So uh, only 3 of 13 from long range. Uh, you know, you look at Ole Miss, they went 9 of 23 on the night. Uh, not great, but it's still hard to keep pace with, with the team doing that. And it seems like more often than not, teams are making shots against Tennessee because of that that penetration that we talked about. So Tennessee, they kind of go hand in hand a little bit there. Uh, that's the those are the two main things that they've got to figure out before tournament time. Yeah, man, and also like you were saying, they played great defense starting off. You know, uh, Ole Miss started one of nine in the first half, finished to finish the first half thirteen of twenty four. So yeah, they've got to get this stuff figured out, and if they don't. You know, it's going to be an early exit in both the SEC tournament and the regular season tournament. Yeah, and I or, thought sorry, NCAA tournament. Sorry, I, I, I thought we were we were doing something there in the first. You know, you just saw Me that too. that pressure. Um, I, I was just finally like, yes, okay, that looks like the Tennessee team, honestly, of last year. You know, the, yep. the defense was better last year. Obviously, the offense is better this year, but um, Bone was really pressuring up top. Bowden, you know, Turner, all those guys, they were getting hands in the passing lanes turning those guys over, getting out in transition. Uh, it, it's just odd that, that it comes in stretches, it comes in waves, and when things get going going badly against uh, against whoever they're playing, it, it just seems to snowball there. So, um, you know, we saw that against LSU, uh, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But it, it, it is a consistent thing. Um, so, you know, you look at this NCAA tournament, you look at the SEC tournament, if there's a big-time guard uh, on, on either team, uh, that's really worrisome for Tennessee, uh, and they're going to have to face some big-time guards, and they're going to have to beat some big-time guards uh, if they have you know championship hopes. Yeah, we talked about in the last podcast, or maybe it was the one before that, You know, if a team can isolate Tennessee one-on-one, then Tennessee's going to struggle. They operate better as a team. Um, now, don't get me wrong, they are going to win a lot of one-on-one matchups. I'm not saying they all just suck at one-on-one. Um, but, you know, like you're saying, it's your top-rated guards, your top-rated big men, you know, your really athletic, long guys who present problems. They're going to have issues. But one thing that is, is super – like, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they won. I honestly don't think they should have won. But there is one 
super positive takeaway I have from this game, and that's how good did it feel to see Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield close out a game? I mean, when, when was the last time we saw that? Gonzaga, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say we, we need to to hit on the, the shot that Grant Williams made because oh, great. Get, great. getting the, the ball at the top of the key, driving in, you know. I, he, two he, defenders on him. <laughs> yeah, two guys in the paint. You know, a foul could have been called. Yep. Um, of course, it wasn't. Refs kind of tend to swallow the, the whistle there. Um, the the um, degree of difficulty that that Grant pulls off in, in the paint is, is just incredible. Um, did it again tonight in, in the the biggest of moments. After really, you know, they had gone to Grant three or four times there, and he had missed some, some shots yeah. that he doesn't miss. Uh, so he he made up for it there in a in a big way. Um, and then the the charge by Admiral there. That was a really, really risky play. Um, yes. When I saw him run out there, it was kind of like in slow motion. I was like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> you know, because Ole Miss was going to have to bank in a three, a, a desperation three to win. Uh, it all it all worked out. He was clearly set. You know, Kermit Davis, Davis I know he was ex- upset, but I, I think if he looks at it, uh, Schofield was set there. So that was just a really odd ending to the game, but came out in Tennessee's favor. Yeah, man, felt about as odd as uh, Grant Williams colliding into Javante Smart against LSU last week. I thought it was kind of ironic how that happened. Well, that that's as good a segue as any. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a short break here. That's what I'm here for, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take a short break here. We'll come back, and, and we'll kind of dive into this LSU game. All right, we are back on the Rocky Top Talk podcast. We're going to dive into this LSU game. Uh, that we didn't get to talk about over the weekend. Tennessee loses in overtime. I, really kind of chippy game. Kind of it was a LSU uh, found a way to win. The referees uh, played played a big role in this. You know, we're not going to sit here and say that that the refs took anything from Tennessee. Uh, it was just really choppy. Uh, every, everything seemed to be reviewed. Uh, the game ends on on a, a foul call. Uh, that was about 75 feet away from the basket with Grant Williams diving on the floor trying to, to, to get a rebound. Just a, a lot to unpack here, but I, I think I want to start with the fact that Tennessee blew a nine-point lead with six minutes left in this game simply because they could not play any defense. Yeah, and against a backup point guard in Javante Smart, who just absolutely took over the game in those last few minutes, it was really discouraging. Um, I don't know if it was just them being on the road, you know, in another tough environment against another really good team or what, but they just couldn't figure out a way to close it out, man. Yeah, Smart ends 9 of 22 from the field, uh, scored 29 points. He scored 9 or 10 points in a row there uh, for, for LSU. Uh, really, Tennessee had no answer. You know, I talked about Lamonte Turner struggling defensively. Uh, he, he really struggled to stay in front of Smart. Uh, you know, you hate to, to pin it on him. It, it wasn't totally on him. It was a total team defensive effort. But just a breakdown uh, defensively, sent it to overtime, and, of course, all the drama starts to unfold. So the, the foul call on Grant Williams, I just uh, I, I, I hate to see that called. You know, it was such a good game, 80 to 80. We're headed for for the second overtime, uh, and you call that on a guy diving on the floor, uh, just trying to get a loose loose ball. You know, you can make the argument why is Grant diving on the floor for that? Well, I, I'd kind of argue back. It's just natural instinct. It's what he does. It's how this Tennessee team plays. 
uh, you just hate to see a game end like that. Oh, certainly, certainly. And I'm right there with you. That's what he does. But, you know, a lot of times he gets called for fouls when he does that. You know, we've seen multiple instances where he's tried to attempt, you know, to get a ball and or, you know, block a shot or get a rebound to where he just – and he's such a big dude, you know, so it's hard for him to kind of corral himself, I'm sure, at times. But, you know, he just takes the person to the floor or, you know, he draws the foul. And I don't know. You know, it, I never played college basketball, obviously. I never even got out of church league basketball. But um, – I mean, it just seems to me that in that situation, man, just play back and, and just stay back and let them try to take the deep shot and just go from there. But at the same time, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, that's what he does. That's him. And I'm not going to tell him to change at this point. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, no matter what no matter what stance you take, it was really discouraging to see. And it could have been a moment of frustration because Lamonte Turner, you know, sprinted down the floor and, and jacked up a, a rushed – off-balance yes. three. Um, you know, it, it was a tie game, and, and Turner had had plenty of time. He, he could have passed off to one of his teammates. You know, he, he could have even worked for worked to get to Grant like we saw tonight. Um, that That's clearly not not what Rick Barnes was wanting, uh, not not what he drew up, I, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, that, that's kind of Lamonte. I, I tweeted, I actually tweeted before uh, the shot. If anyone's going to take the shot, it, it, I hope it's going to be Lamonte. He just has that, that killer instinct about him. Yeah. But I certainly didn't want a contested off balance, you know, rush down the field, down the court, uh, three point attempt like that. Uh, yeah, man. And I mean, that's just you don't want to see those type of shots at the end of the game in a, in a situation like that. Um, but you know, like they say, Turner he shoots himself out of slump. So I guess he's just going to keep firing until he finally makes one. Yeah, and we saw him do that tonight uh, against Ole Miss. You know, he, he kept shooting. He, he finally hit some mid-range jumpers, uh, eventually led to that three-point play. So, uh, you know, I, I was texting you, texting y'all in the, in the slack. You know, Tennessee can have Turner and, and, and Bowden. They can have them go cold. They, they can't have them both go cold. You know, they need one or the other. Uh, for them to be able to beat anyone in the country, I think they, they needed to have them both going. Um, but Jordan Bowden is is the big one to me. I, I mean, he's just not himself right now. You know, we, we turned we we turned into 2019, and, and Jordan Bowden seemed like a different guy. Uh, he seemed like the third or fourth option on this team. He took over games, stretches of games. That Florida game in Gainesville, he scored 10 or 12 points in a row. Uh, he was just firing at will. Tennessee doesn't have that right now. I, I'm not sure what's going on. It, it it just seems like a confidence issue for Jordan Bowden. And I'm not sure this team is going to be completely back until he's back. No, I'm right there with you. And, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, especially with, you know, the disappearance of Kyle Alexander. Um, this team can't afford to not have or to, to have both of these point guards not play well. Um, and I, hopefully that last shot that Jordan Bowden took, that two-pointer, you know, from the elbow, hopefully that, that wakes him up a little bit. Hopefully that gives him some confidence and um, that builds some momentum. Hey, what better time than for a comeback game than this weekend, right? That's right, and, and you know that three that that he that he took at the end of the game, it was it did everything but go in. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm right there with you on that. And then he he takes a step inside the arc and, and drains that in a big spot. So uh, you know, there's not a better way in the world to to gain some confidence than, than hitting a big shot in a key spot. So uh, you know, like you said, Kentucky, uh, uh, that's that's looming next. Uh, I, no, I don't Lord. know how to feel about that one. I, I just, you know, you, you saw Kentucky the other night play play Arkansas. They looked super vulnerable, didn't look real interested. Maybe it's a look-ahead spot for them. 
I just don't think Tennessee matches up really well with them, um, <laughs> especially right now when they're just not hitting shots. You know, I hate to oversimplify it, but uh, there was a stretch against this Ole Miss team tonight where Tennessee was getting good looks. The shots just weren't falling. So, um, I, I think it's almost as simple as that. Tennessee's just got to hit their open shots from the outside. And they're not going to beat Kentucky going 3 of 13 from three-point. No mean, chance. I hate to say it. No chance. Not not at all. You know, they're, they're going to have to figure out uh, Admiral Schofield. Uh, they're going to have to get him rolling. They're going to need an effort like he played against LSU. Uh, yep. he, he looked like the Admiral Schofield who, who played against Gonzaga. And we haven't seen that guy uh, really lately. You know, Kentucky's going to come after Grant Williams. Yep. Uh, they're going to mug him. <laughs> they're going to throw P.J. Washington at him. Uh, Grant hasn't had very good success against P.J. Uh, we'll see about Reed Travis. Hey, have you heard anything on that front? No, I have not. Um, no, I'll, I'll try to find something real quick while you're talking, though. Okay. I, I mean, if Reed Travis is out, uh, that's obviously a big deal for Tennessee. That, that gives them one less body. You know, I thought Reed did a good job on, on Grant when, when P.J. wasn't on him. So, uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to get Grant going. and You're, you're not going to be able to rely on Williams making two threes. Uh, I think Tennessee got lucky in, in that aspect. But, again, they're going to have to have Lamonte Turner. They're going to have to have Jordan Bone, Jordan Bowden making shots. So that hasn't happened in, in the last four games. It, it's concerning heading into uh, a game against such a good team. But, uh, look, you get them at home, that, you know, Thompson Bowling is going to be rowdy. Uh, so maybe that means something. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I just found uh, the Reed Travis injury um, a week ago. He was injured, and they said two weeks. So he's definitely going to miss the game. Okay, and we'll see. And you know, what, I, I, you know, you don't hope for for a guy to to, to miss a game like that. But uh, it, it would certainly help Tennessee if he wasn't in there. Uh, it would certainly help Grant Williams to get his game going. He's an absolute monster down low, man. I'm totally cool with him moving or missing the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We will have one more segment when we come back, talking a little bit uh, about a controversy that came up this weekend. All right. So we talked about that Tennessee LSU game. Um, you know, it didn't come without controversy. You know, Vol Twitter is undefeated. Uh, when, when something goes wrong, they're going to dig in, until they find something. And Anthony Jordan uh, had a picture of him Ooh. holding up an LSU shirt on his Facebook. Of course, Vol Twitter found it. Uh, of course, they spread it everywhere. So uh, really, really interesting situation. I thought you did a good job on, on your post on RockyTopTalk.com, kind of breaking down the situation and letting people draw conclusions for themselves. Yeah, a little, a little Cajun spice there on that on Vol Twitter on uh, Sunday and Monday there, man. I mean, Lord, I mean, how how bad does that look? And why, if you're a professional in any 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 case or whatever your your profession is, why would you not get out in front of that and be like, oh wait, yeah, there is that picture of me in an LS or holding up an LSU shirt or me in Alabama gear after I lost a bet between Alabama and LSU. I mean, anybody with half a brain can put two and two together and and come to a conclusion that hey, maybe something's off with this guy. Um, really, really shaky, really, really shady, and also combine that with the fact that his 29 whistle blows on Tennessee 
in the LSU game was more than the other two refs combined. I think the other two refs combined for like 22 whistleblows on Tennessee, and he had 29 alone. Uh, so just just weird stuff, man, and it is not a good look. Hopefully the SEC makes something of it, but you know I doubt they will. Yeah, I, I, I was real hesitant on writing anything because I, I never, ever want to, to sound like we're complaining about referees. But right. when when Barrett Salee laid it out by the numbers uh, and then you saw that, that picture of him holding up the LSU shirt, you know, it, it just it just makes you wonder. And, of course, the league office put out a statement kind of supporting him saying that that was a long time ago and, and he was just joking around and, and whatever. Uh, but then you see the picture of him with the Alabama shirt on saying uh, that he lost a bet. I, look, I, I mean, that sounds like a, a, something a true fan would do. I mean, who makes a bet like that if you're not a true right. LSU fan? So I I don't know how this wasn't uncovered before. I, I don't know how he was allowed to, to referee LSU games because he's from the Baton Rouge area. He went to high school there. Uh, so it, it just seems really fishy. Of course, nothing the league office can do right now except apologize and say, hey, we're not going to put him on LSU games uh, in, in the future. But I'm, I don't think they've even done that yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. And if, if he's just, a, if he's just a, in general, the SEC fan, why are there no pictures of him holding up a, an Alabama shirt? Why are there no pictures of him holding up a Tennessee shirt? Why are there – I mean, I can go – I can list off 13 other teams <laughs> other than LSU – and ask the same question. Why aren't you holding these shirts up? Why are there no pictures with you in their pro shops? You know what I mean? It's just, it's shady, dude. And, I mean, he's got himself backed into a corner, and now he's trying to get out, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this. It, it's just, it, you know, that that's worth addressing on there. I had a lot of Tennessee fans rightfully upset. You know, no the, 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 the show, the, the college basketball in general this year has, has been – uh, the ref show, and, and it's been it's been too much, you know, too too many times after the games sure. where we're I mean, during the games we're we're stuck talking about uh, the refs taking over this game. There's no flow, there's no rhythm. It, it just seems like uh, the the refs have have really, you know, just in recent years really taken over this game, and it's just it, it, it's terrible to see. This is not what you want to watch. It's just not fun to watch. Um, anyways, Tennessee uh, uh, again a, a big one. Kentucky coming to Thompson, Thompson Bowling Arena. That's going to be at 1 o'clock Eastern on CBS. Uh, after that, they'll finish up with Mississippi State and at Auburn. You know, three really it's tough crazy. games. We, we, I do think there's only three games left in the season. Oh, it's gone so fast. Yeah. 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 When Tennessee ripped off 19 in a row, it seemed like a breeze. Right. Um, but, you know, they're, they're finishing here with five straight NCAA tournament teams. Uh, they're going to be tested. Uh, they're sitting in a three-way tie atop the SEC standings. We'll see who comes out uh, victorious there. LSU pretty pretty clearly has the, the easiest path. Um, I, I think the winner of that Tennessee-Kentucky game will kind of emerge as their only uh, opponent for the last week of the season. Right, for sure. And um, speaking of LSU real quick, how about all that stuff going on with Will Wade, man? It's wild. You know, it's interesting that Tremont Waters has, has missed two games now, you know, since oh, that's, Will I didn't, Wade. I didn't, I didn't connect that dot. Has, that, is, that is interesting. Yeah, he gets subpoenaed and, and Tremont Waters, you know, big time prospect, man. misses two games with the mysterious Lambert. I'm here, just dude. saying, you know, <laughs> it's just a, a little too convenient there. 
uh, I, oh, I don't I think about that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at these, these schools that, that don't typically recruit at a high level and, and then suddenly they do that and always guys from Jersey and all that. other. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Two guys from up North. Uh, so yeah, that, that throws my antenna up a little bit. Um, you know, don't have a lot of facts there. Just, just trying to play, play a little connect the dots, but we'll see what happens there. Um, anyways. All right. I, I think that'll do it for tonight. We will try and get one up this weekend. Uh, again, big game against Kentucky. Uh, hope Thompson Bowling is absolutely rocking. Tennessee needs this one if they have any shot at, at getting a number one seed. Yeah, we're gonna have our bracketologist, uh, our Bill Rossette, on, and, and he's gonna gonna tell us uh, what Tennessee can do to get back on that top line. And most most guys have moved Tennessee now to a two seed, so uh, need that one to be a number one. Hopefully, they'll get it. Uh, for all the latest news, you can check out RockyTopTalk.com. Again, I am Terry Lambert. He is Evan Winter. Thanks for joining us tonight.